Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning. One of my favorite things to do on the many, many Zoom calls that I've been a part of this past year is looking to see what makes up people's backgrounds. And not just like the the green screen where you put the picture of outer space or like an African safari behind you, but what their actual background is. So many of the pastors that I've been on calls with, whether at their office or at home, uh, plant themselves in front of these gigantic bookshelves full of books and it's, uh, it's sometimes I, I, I'd read into it more than I ought to, uh, as I'll see an empty shelf with maybe like a cool communion cup next to it, or the thing is just st- stocked, totally full of books. Or maybe that's like, there's a, a stack of books up here, but then on this shelf, there's like three books that have fallen over and then like some pictures of their kids or something like that. But anyway, I thought that as I'm at seminary now, uh, that I should plant myself in front of this gigantic uh, shelf full of books and and preach from here. So, word of life, I wish that I could see you right now, and I still do plan to in the future, but in my absence, let me share God's word with you along with a couple of jokes, starting with one of my favorites. So here goes. What is the difference between a good joke and a bad joke? Timing! <laughs> oh man, I laugh every time I... Uh, I tell that joke. So uh, timing can make such a difference in the way people hear. Sometimes timing uh, is keeping a a careful cadence in order to to help the listener track with the speaker. Sometimes it is is slowed down to to draw in listeners, make sure that you hear every word. And then there's other times where the tempo picks up a little bit and the pace is increased as we gather and we increase excitement. And so while we can't always see timing within the Bible, uh, what we can sometimes see, though, is this this pattern that's set out. And as we are going to be in Luke 2 today, uh, or maybe again, uh, verses 21 through 40, we get to see the way that Luke has written his books and how uh, he shows a little bit of connection to what what he's already written and a little bit of foreshadowing for what is going to happen throughout the rest of the book. The angels shared about Jesus coming to earth and with some shepherds, the shepherds went and they, they saw Jesus and they told Mary what the angels told them. And then they went and they made sure that everyone they came across knew what the angels had told them and then what they had also saw. Today in this text, we're going to see uh, our man Simeon share the good news of Jesus coming to the world with Jesus' own parents. And then this old prophetess, Anna, shares the good news with all in the temple who are waiting to hear the redemption of Israel. And so we have this interesting, like, the, the angels to shepherds, and then the shepherds um, tell Mary, but then they also go spread it out to more people. And then we have S- Simeon, who shares with Mary and Joseph, and then you have Anna, who takes that and shares it with more people around. But she's sharing the redemption of Israel, and this redemption that has been long awaited for, and is now is now the time for him, the baby Jesus, to be revealed. What has just happened 
And Jesus' birth is going to change the world forever. And man, I can I can feel myself speeding up. This is this is getting me excited. So before I just try and paraphrase all of the Bible, uh, let me read it to you in God's name, because it's it's His words, not mine. Here we go, chapter two, verse twenty-one. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they, Jesus' parents, had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Here ends the the reading of God's word. So, let's try this again. What's the difference between a good joke and a bad joke? Timing. Timing. Still still the correct answer. Um, I thought I'd make you wait a little bit longer this time. I know Advent's over and this has been the season of waiting for Jesus to come. Um, and, and he did. Jesus is born. But Simeon, the people of Israel, they're still waiting. So I hope just that, that little, those few seconds of you waiting helps you uh, put yourself a little bit in, in their sho- shoes once again. So in verse 22... We have Mary and Joseph just doing what they're supposed to under the law of the Lord. They got to go to the temple and make a sacrifice. And uh, we can see they're using the alternate sacrifice for the ones who aren't so wealthy of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And I'm not quite sure in the song 12 Days of Christmas, but 
The second day of Christmas is two turtle doves. And so maybe Mary and Joseph just celebrating 12 days of Christmas finally have a use for the two turtle doves they have um, as sacrifices. Seems good, seems good to me. But even before they get to the sacrifice part, enters Simeon, <laughs> being, being brought there under the Holy Spirit. Not everyone who interacts with Jesus gets their name in the Bible. Simeon gets his name in the Bible. And a lot of people who interact with Jesus have some pretty iffy characteristics and personality traits that are presented in the Bible as well. We're told of their sin. We're told of how they, how they act towards other people. But if you can be in a book, you can't be in the Bible. It's uh, written a long time ago. But if you can be in a book, try and be in a book like Simeon's in a book. The word said about him that he is righteous and devout. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Those are some, those are some good words to have be written about you. But Simeon is there. And uh, he was told that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ, you know, Jesus. And the Spirit leads him to the temple on the, the same specific day that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple. And then when Jesus walks in, when Jesus is carried in by his parents, Simeon goes straight up to them. And so, so this is one of Jay's favorite parts of the story, or at least for him to act out, act out as Simeon blesses God. And to paraphrase the Jason Lang's translation through me, lifts up baby Jesus and says, I can die now. And now I think that Christmas ought to have a, another, another tradition. I mean, we give gifts because the Magi do, or maybe because Jesus is a gift to the world. Um, we share the gospel story often at Christmas time because... Uh, this whole Christmas thing is literally the gospel made flesh. And now I think not to leave out this, this extended uh, Christmas story, that next time you gather with your family for Christmas, this next year uh, would work out, you know, as long as you can gather with your family for Christmas, designate one man to find the youngest baby or the baby closest to 40 days old, lift him or her up in the air and say, I can die now to remind us of Simeon. And what Jesus meant for God's people in that day and what he still means for us today. So just, uh, just some food for thought. What Simeon really says in this short little uh, song of his, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And that is his, I can die now. I can depart in peace because now I have seen the Lord's Christ. Whoa. He just walked up to a baby, lifted him up in the air, and has seen, and says that he's seen the Lord's Christ. That's awesome. I mean, the lifting him up in the air has got to certainly be frightening for Mary and Joseph, who have been tasked with raising the Son of God. And suddenly this man, who they don't know, just takes him and lifts him up in the air and starts talking about his death. Be, be pretty scary, but it's, it's awesome. That baby is God's salvation. That baby is the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, a light to the Gentiles, you and me, and glory for the Jews. I can tell you that no one said anything that cool when I was born or when Eddie and Vince were born. Um, and I can tell you they are definitely not God. So this is, this is very unique. 
And it's, it's awesome. There's so many things happening on Jesus. Simeon shares this good news of who this baby is with mom and dad, confirming what they heard from the angels, confirming what they heard from the shepherds, confirming what the shepherds heard from those other angels. God has come to earth to save it. What good news to share. Literally good news. The gospel means good news. And this gospel is good news. And good news is worth sharing. But Simeon goes on to explain that even though he has come to save the world, Jesus has come to save this world, it won't always be comfortable. He says in uh, verse 34, that this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed or spoken against. Even though he comes as salvation, many will choose to oppose Jesus rather than to believe in him. And we can see that happen time and time again throughout Luke's gospel. And to Mary, it will be like a sword through her soul. And whether that is from hearing the teaching of Jesus through his, throughout his ministry and, and having that reach her soul, or it could be talking about how she has to witness her firstborn son, Jesus, die on a cross. That would also be like a sword through the soul. Whatever one it is, it's, it's certainly not great. Certainly not comfortable to always share these things, but the life of suffering that Jesus stepped into for our sake, for our salvation, seems far worse than anything that that I have gone through. So we have a good example in the prophetess Anna, who was married for seven years. Her husband died, and ever since then, she's been living in the temple, fasting and praying, worshiping God the whole time until now, when she's 84 years old. And you know what? Maybe Anna deserves some traditions after her, too. Find whatever woman in your family is closest to 84 years old. And, um, you know, she can be appointed to give thanks to God and speak about Jesus to all who are waiting to open presents. Or all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Either one, but if you're picking the first one, those who are waiting to open presents, you might get a, a larger crowd for your newly appointed prophetess, Anna, within your own family. So who's ever closest to 84, all right? But Anna, advanced in her years as she is described, begins to speak about Jesus right after he's revealed to Simeon. Simeon sees God's salvation and Anna the prophet has got to share about it as well. There were those in Israel who were waiting even longer than you had to for me to give you my punchline of timing the second time I told my joke. But they were waiting for Israel to be redeemed, to be bought back. It was a few hundred years since the book of Malachi was written. The last major prophet that they had had. They had been conquered by the Romans since. Even though they had tried to rebel, they got conquered again and were now under a, a firmer rule. For some, in these situations, hope had started to fade or just wasn't existing anymore. It certainly didn't stand like it once did. But Anna even though she had gone through her husband dying and been in the temple all the time, she still shared the good news. She aimed to spread hope amidst despair. She was telling people, those who were waiting for the redemption of Israel, that God had now brought it into their midst, 
Redemption, salvation, and freedom came to earth as God incarnate. God made flesh. God born as a tiny human who would save mankind from their sin. He would be the sacrifice to purchase our freedom, to redeem us. I don't know all of your stories. You guys do. And you know some of your own, each other's stories pretty well. It's been a messy year for a lot of us. I know that I, I like people too much to be taken away from them, to be stuck at home. I'm, I'm incredibly glad that I'm in person at seminary and have, get to go to class and have at least another classmate who's in person with me. It's tough online. It's tough doing things through Zoom. Nick knows. You can ask him. I get to see his face a few times every week online. But I know that I need people around me. I'm still looking forward to, to hugging some of you guys there in the Minnesota River Valley that I didn't get a chance to, to hug and say goodbye to. I know that I need people around me. I know that I need to be reminded of the gospel, that good news that has come, because there's times where we're all forget it. And whether that's me reminding myself in the Bible or other people reminding me of what God has done for me, I need that to combat despair. I need that for hope. Because those, those starved of hope, they might be out of, outside of your home. They might be in the room across the hall. They might even be that person that you see in the mirror. They're starved of hope. Share hope with them. Those that are starved of love, they might brush past you returning a couple of Christmas gifts this week. They might even be on the bottom left or right corner of the next Zoom call that you're on. Share love with them. And those starved with salvation might believe that they're okay. That their own deeds will carry them through to the best possible ending. <laughs> when you're driving next, start counting cars on the road. I know that there's not as many as there maybe once was. But I'm sure that there are a few amongst the number that you are counting that are trusting themselves for salvation. If you have the chance, share that salvation that has already come with them. Because Jesus did come. And he came not in some glorious kingly procession that would be fit for the king over all kings. But he came as a fragile baby born in a manger. He came not to point his finger at all the misdeeds of the broken, but to mend the broken and invite them into his own family. He came not to cast aside sinners and establish an earthly kingdom, overthrow the Romans, but to show that there is a way, even for sinners, to be welcomed into his perfect eternal kingdom. It's through him. His death and resurrection. Jesus beat death. The Bible is clear that that death is a symptom of sin. Death is the result of sin. Jesus didn't sin. He beat death. And he calls us to just believe in him, to share in the same. That we too might not just die, but have eternal life. And guess what? You don't even have to be the closest to 84 years old or be the one holding a 40-day your old or 40 day old baby. You can still share that good news with those that are around you. Man, I hope you guys picked the song Go Tell It on the Mountain for after this message uh, because 
Jesus has come. That's the gospel. He's come to save us broken sinners. Those who are without hope, looking for something. Those who are living in despair. Jesus came to save them and bring them to him. So, you who have hope, go share it. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on a Zoom call. Go tell it through a mask and a Walmart return service thing. I love you all. Peace.